Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. everyone and welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss and explore what does it take to retire early? So a lot of retirement planning is focused around the quote unquote traditional retirement ages of 65, 66, 67, kind of whenever you reach what's called full retirement age for Social Security. And there's a lot of retirement planning strategies that take place around that. And that works for a lot of people. But some people just want to retire early, whether early to them means 60, 55, 50, or even before. What we're going to do on today's episode is understand what changes with your traditional retirement planning when that retirement is set to take place much sooner. And what are the things that you need to consider? What are the items and the issues that you need to work through in order to be able to do so successfully? So what we're going to do is we're going to explore the four steps that you need to take if you want to retire early. Or if you just want to be financially free early so that if something happens at work or if you have a bad day or decide that you hate what you do, you have the freedom to leave. What we're going to do is explore the four steps that you need to work through in order to determine if you're in a position to retire early. Let's jump right in. So number one, the first thing that you want to do, whether it's with retirement planning or really any goal that you have, is ask yourself why. Why, yes, in the perspective of is it really everything you're going to think it's going to be? What's really driving that decision? That's important from that standpoint. But even just from the practical standpoint, are you wanting to retire early because you you truly do not want to have to work at all for the rest of your life going forward? That's great if that's the case, but that's very different than if you want to retire early. And a lot of people will tell me they want to retire early and then we explore it and they say, well, really, I don't want to stop working. I just want to do something different. So maybe they have a very stressful job. Maybe they have a job that's very demanding or requires a lot of them. They want to keep working, but they just want to do something that they're passionate about or that they enjoy or that just does not carry the same stress or responsibility that their current job does. So when you ask yourself why, in addition to that, ask yourself really, what does that really look like? Is it no work, meaning that you're going to rely upon your portfolio and maybe future Social Security income or things like that for the rest of your life and you're not going to have any earned income? Or is it you're going to retire you're going to do something different. You're going to have a job that still pays the bills, but maybe doesn't allow you to save as much. Maybe doesn't allow you to invest as much or something else like that. If that's the case, that's totally fine, but you're really not retiring early. You're still under the quote unquote traditional retirement plan. You're just having two, almost two sets of careers along the way. One career in which you're doing most of your retirement planning and your investing and your mortgage pay down and things like that. And then you're called your encore career that will still provide income for you and maybe even do so until 60, 65, 70 or beyond. So when you ask yourself why, if the why is because you want to do something different, but you'll still earn income, well, then that's great. That makes this a lot easier. And in fact, you maybe don't need to go through the next few steps. You just need to make sure that you've done enough saving and investing with the higher salary, with the higher income before you make that transition. So there's not as much pressure on you to keep saving and keep investing in that new job. But if your why really is because you want to stop working, you want to travel the world, you have hobbies, you have other things that you want to do, maybe it's volunteer work, just anything that you're doing that you enjoy, but it's not really bringing any income, that truly is an early retirement. And we're going to talk about how do you plan for that. So step number one, ask yourself why. Let's assume for the sake of this episode that your why really is because you want to stop working. No work going forward. The second thing that you need to do, if that's the case, is you really need to determine what your retirement budget is going to look like. 
your retirement budget at this point, it is going to be entirely driven by what do you want your lifestyle to look like in retirement. Do you want to retire so you can do a bunch of volunteer work and so that you can hike and so that you can be at the beach and do things that are maybe around your home, but you're not traveling a whole bunch. You don't have any expensive hobbies. You're not going to go buy a second home. Great. That's a really fulfilling retirement for a lot of people, and it doesn't cost very much. Versus, do you want to retire and go stay at very nice hotels for months at a time abroad, and you do want to buy a second home, and you do want to join a very nice country club, and you do want to do these other things that cost a whole lot more, that's also great. But keep in mind, those two different retirement lifestyles are going to have very different retirement budgets because there's going to be very different expenses and income needs in order to address them. Either way, though, whatever lifestyle you want, you do need to determine what's your retirement budget going to look like. And if you want to listen to it, episode number seven, it was called How Much What Cost for Me to Retire. And we go through a full exercise that walks you through how can you determine what your retirement expenses are going to be. For the sake of keeping it simple, here's an easy way to approach it. If you're wondering, okay, how much is it actually going to cost for me to do this? Well, you have your expenses today, but those expenses today might not necessarily look like your expenses in retirement. Let's assume, for example, that you have 10000 per month coming in today from your job. Well, great. That, that doesn't necessarily mean, though, that you need to keep having 10000 per month coming in once you're retired. You need to start looking at things that are going to be backed out. For example, will you have a mortgage that's paid off by the time that you retire? Are there other debts, student loans, credit cards, car loans, other things like that that will be paid off by the time that you retire? Do you maybe have children at home today as you're thinking about retiring early? Then those children won't be at home when it actually comes time to retire. Well, that's, there's some expenses with that, whether it's sports or groceries or other activities that their kids are in, those will go away. Are you going to think about downsizing in retirement? Maybe you have a big home today for your family, but you plan on downsizing something just you and your spouse when you retire. Well, that will keep income or that will keep expenses lower when you retire. Do you give a percentage of your income? If so, well, then the percentage might stay the same when you retire, but that as a dollar amount might go down if your income goes down. Are you saving today? Maybe your income is coming in, but you and your wife or you and your husband or you, you're saving to Roth IRAs on a monthly basis or you're saving to other savings accounts or you're saving to your emergency fund. Well, by the time that you retire, even if it's an early retirement, those savings should be fully built up and you'll no longer have to do so going forward. So it's important to know what expenses might go away because those are not expenses you need to plan for when you're looking at your retirement budget. For example, let's go back to that assumption of maybe your income today is 10000 per month. Well, if you have a mortgage, it's going to be paid off by the time that you retire, and you're paying $3,000 per month on that. Well, of the $10,000, you can back out that $3,000. So really, you just need $7,000 to live on in your retirement budget. And then maybe you're both saving. You're saving $500 each to a Roth IRA, so $1,000 per month total. Well, that will also go away when you retire. So now, all of a sudden, the $7,000 per month is down to $6,000. And then maybe you're planning on downsizing. Maybe you have a couple of children at home that will no longer be there when you retire. And that might shave off another $1,000 of your expenses when you retire. So now that 6000 goes to five. So again, we started at 10000 per month, backed out three from the mortgage, backed out 1000 from savings, backed out 1000 from downsizing and having children move out of the home. And all of a sudden you have 5000 left, which seems like, well, wait a minute, I'm living on half of my income in retirement that I am today. Well, no, you're, you're really living on 100% of the actual amount you're spending on yourself today. It's just in retirement, you'll no longer be paying the bank for your mortgage. You'll no longer be paying yourself for your investment account. You'll no longer be paying for children's activities or for home upkeep. Those expenses will go away, but everything else will remain. So that's really step one in looking at your retirement budget. But then there's step two. So in the same way that there's some expenses that we need to take out because they might no longer be there in retirement, there will 
also be some expenses that you are not currently paying for that you do need to factor into your retirement budget, especially if retirement is early, like we're planning for here. The big one is healthcare. So if you're working a normal corporate job or you're in a business and you have your health insurance covered, that's not an expense that you're really paying today. Or if so, you don't really see yourself paying it because it's deducted before your net income comes into your bank account. But if you retire, and if we've determined that you need 5,000 per month to live on, to continue our example from before, the next thing you need to do is add back in healthcare. Medicare will kick in when you turn 65, but we're talking about early retirement here. So let's assume that you retire at 50. Well, there's 15 years of healthcare coverage that you're gonna need to budget for. Medicare will help in the future, but it's not gonna help you at all today. So with healthcare, add in an extra expense, determine what that is. Maybe it's $1,000 per month for you and a spouse. Well, if 5,000 is your kind of core basic living expenses, add an extra thousand per month. And again, I'm just using this as an example. Make sure that you get a quote and find out what actually it would cost for you to retire and to maintain health coverage. But that 5,000 in this example would turn to 6,000 now as your retirement budget. Then look at other things. Was your employer paying for a car or giving you some vehicle reimbursement? If so, you'll need to replace that on your own. Was your employer paying for life insurance? If so, you'll need that on your own. And now this actually might be something you don't need because if you're going to be retiring, you are probably at the point where you might consider yourself self-insured. But if there's a pension that's attached to only one spouse's life or if there's something else where if one spouse predeceased the other, there would be a need for insurance coverage. Well, if your life insurance was through your employer before, that might be another expense that you want to pick up on your own. Really, any other employer paid expenses that your employer was paying, well, if you're going to retire, those go away. So you need to add them back into your retirement budget, assuming it's going to be something that you want to maintain in retirement. And then lastly, if there's any travel or hobbies or other activities that you see yourself beginning to do in retirement that you're not currently doing today, add those back in. Now, if you're traveling today, maybe you're taking a trip or two, and that's included in the 5000 per month that we walk through that exercise to get through. Again, we started at 10, and then after backing out mortgage, kids, saving, et cetera, we got down to five. Well, if on that 5,000 per month today, you're able to take that one to two trips per year, and you're able to travel, well, that's already been included in your retirement budget. But if you have goals for extra travel or nicer travel or really just more expensive travel, well, then we need to add that into your retirement budget. Really, the difference between what you're paying today versus what you want retirement travel to look like, that needs to be added back into your budget. If you want to go join a golf course, or if you want to go join a sailing league, or if you want to go join some other activity that's going to cost money, add that back in if you're not already currently paying for it. So this is maybe one of the most crucial things you can do, because if you underestimate or just misestimate your retirement expenses, well, then whatever retirement analysis you do to see if you're on track or not, it's not really going to be that relevant to you. It's going to fully undershoot or overshoot if you don't take the time to go through and properly account for what your expenses will look like because many of them will look similar as today, but others won't. And you need to understand what that change will look like so that you can then move on to steps three and four, which we'll do right now. So step number three is this. Once you've determined why you're retiring, you've decided that it's actually because you stop, you don't want to work anymore. And step number two, again, you've determined your retirement budget and you have that in place. Step number three is to understand how taxes and penalties work. If you retire early, you may be limited in terms of what accounts you can take funds from, at least doing so without penalties. So a big, when people talk about retirement planning and where they're saving and where they're investing, they talk about IRAs and Roth IRAs and 401ks and things like that. And those are all considered retirement plans, which means there are some really great tax benefits that go with those types of accounts and in investing in those accounts. 
but there's also some restrictions with those. The IRS gives incentive to invest in those types of accounts, but under the assumption that you don't pull that money out until retirement, which they define as age 59 and a half. So if you're going to retire at 50 and all of your money's in a 401k or in a traditional IRA, you're up against some issues. If you want to pull money out of there, there's going to be some taxes and some penalties. So let's walk through how all that works. Traditional IRAs, let's start there. You cannot take funds out of a traditional IRA until age 59 and a half without penalty. Now, there's some exceptions to this. There's some planning points around this. But just for simplicity's purpose, you can't take full, you don't have full access to your IRA without a penalty, a 10% penalty, until you're 59 and a half. So not only would you pay taxes on any money that comes out of your IRA, but if you take money out of your IRA before that age, you can plan on tacking on another 10% to that. Once you turn 59 and a half, you have full discretion over all that. You can access as much, as little as you want. There's still taxes on it, but you do avoid that 10% penalty. So that's traditional IRAs. Now, 401ks. 401ks are very similar, but there is a distinct rule that makes 401ks a little bit more advantageous. With a 401k, you can take funds out at age 55 if you leave employment after 55. So in general, the rules are just like the IRA, where usually it's 59 and a half without penalty. But if you're working with an employer and say you work there and, and you turn 55, if you were to retire that day and leave employment, you can actually access funds from your 401k without penalty. You still pay the taxes, but the retirement age is moved up by four and a half years to 55 if you've worked at that company at least until age 55. So for example, if you've got a job and you've got a company that you're working at and you're, let's say, 54 and a half years old, well, if you retire then and then you wait six months until you turn 55, you're not eligible to pull money out of that 401k without penalty. You had to have stayed that extra six months to hit age 55 while you're still with that company. And then that opens up the option of you pulling funds out of there earlier than you ordinarily would have without paying 10% penalty. So another important planning point around this is let's assume again, let's assume that you do work until at a company until age 55 and then you retire. Well, you could take funds out of your 401k without penalty. But if you then rolled that 401k into a traditional IRA, now all of a sudden you can't access it again until age 59 and a half. So there are some really important planning points around that, that if early retirement for you is age 55, well, 401k might be a great tool for you because that is a fund you can access before 59 and a half but be sure not to roll it to a traditional IRA because at that point, even though you stuck with the company until 55, as soon as you roll it over, that ability to do so is eliminated. So that's a 401k. Roth IRAs are pretty interesting when you look at some of the planning points around those. So with a Roth IRA in general, the, the age is 59 and a half that you can fully access any balance in your Roth IRA. But with a Roth IRA, you can actually access your contributions at any time. It's just the growth that you can't access until age 59 and a half or beyond. So if you've, let's say for a period of 10 years, you put 5,000 per year into your Roth IRA. And let's just say that the total balance of your Roth IRA at this point is $120,000 at the end of 10 years. Well, of that, you've put in $50,000 and the growth is $70,000. So if you're retiring early, you could access that full $50,000 of contribution, completely tax-free, completely penalty-free, it's just the $70,000 of growth that you would need to wait until age 59 and a half to be able to access. There's also a five-year rule around Roth IRAs where the account has to, have been fully, has to have been opened and funded for at least five years in order to be fully accessible for tax-free withdrawals. But in general, a really important planning point is you can think of your Roth IRA 
as both a long-term investment account and also that investment account where if you retire early, you could access some funds out of it without paying any penalties or taxes. The downside to this is a Roth IRA is one of the best accounts that you can have. Any growth on that going forward is completely tax-free. So of course, the more of that that you take out when you retire, if you're retiring earlier, the less you're going to have growing, the less you're going to have compounding for the rest of your life. So it does that there is a trade-off to that, that you can pull funds out tax-free early to a certain extent, but the trade-off for that is there'll just be less left for you later on in retirement to access completely tax-free. And then finally, you have taxable accounts. So individual accounts, joint accounts, trust accounts, anything that's not inside of a qualified retirement plan or a retirement plan. Those accounts you can access at any time. So you don't have the same tax benefits that you would have with an IRA or a Roth IRA or a 401k. So that's the downside. But the upside to a taxable account is you have complete flexibility. If you invest money in that at whatever age, you can pull it out at whatever age. There's never any penalties to do so. There's just taxes. So as that account generates dividends or interest or capital gains, you're paying taxes on that amount as you go. But again, the trade-off is if you want to retire, say, at 50 or even 45, well, you need to have some money in a taxable account, most likely, to get you through until age 59 and a half. You might almost think of this type of an account as like a bridge fund, where you, you've got your long-term money in your IRAs and your 401ks, but that's not accessible until 59 and a half and beyond. But if you retire early, you almost need like an account, a savings account, an investment account that's a bridge between the age at which you retire and 59 and a half. And that's where a taxable account can fit in quite nicely. So it's important to understand how different accounts are taxed, how different accounts had you can take withdrawals from without penalty, because when it comes to creating your retirement plan, if you're going to retire early, you need to understand what are the best accounts to be able to pull from without paying penalties. So that's step number three is understanding taxes and penalties. Step number four, the final step is know your withdrawal rates. There's been a lot of work and really even science, you would call it, behind understanding how much can you safely or sustainably take out of a retirement portfolio. And while nothing can be guaranteed, nothing is certain looking forward, if you just explore different time periods and different asset classes and different types of investments, you can get some really good science that just tells you what is a sustainable withdrawal rate using certain assumptions, meaning how much of my portfolio can I afford to take out each year without running the risk that I'm going to outlive my money, at least up until a certain point. So in episode number 27, we actually talked about that quite a bit of what is a sustainable withdrawal rate throughout retirement. And depending upon what method you're looking at, what mix of investments you're looking at, it could be anywhere between four and five and a half percent, just as a kind of a starting point there. And that's true. And and there's a lot of research that supports that and shows that if you are retiring, that's about how much your portfolio can sustain for the rest of your life. If you're retiring at a traditional retirement age and if you are living kind of a normal and even a longer life expectancy. So those withdrawal rates absolutely make sense because as you're going to say, okay, if I'm going to retire early, how much can I pull from my portfolio? What you're really asking is how large of a portfolio do I need in order to sustain the expenses that I got to through doing my retirement budget? So going back to that four to five and a half percent range, that's really based upon your traditional retirement age of retiring, say at 65 or so, and then having a portfolio that might last you for the next 30 plus years, maybe a little bit longer. So that research, that perspective, it absolutely holds true if that's when you're retiring. If you're talking about early retirement, so 55, 50, 45, beyond, anywhere in that range, it's probably not a good idea to take out 4% to 5.5% of your portfolio. You're asking your portfolio to generate sustainable income for you for a lot, lot longer 
Because assuming that you have the same life expectancy as someone that's retiring at 65, well, if you retire at 45, that's 20 years of extra income and growth and distributions that your portfolio needs to be able to sustain. So I don't think it's wise to assume that your portfolio can generate four, five, five and a half percent. In fact, I'm almost convinced it's not. And I would strongly advise against doing it. So this is where, depending on how early you want to retire, you would need to lower that, maybe to three and a half percent. If it's a very early retirement, maybe even three percent, meaning that that's the amount that you can sustainably account for taking out of your portfolio each year and not having to be too worried about your portfolio running out of money before you run out of life. So let's walk through an example to compare and contrast how this changes with the time that you retire. Let's assume that you need 60,000 per year from your investments and let's assume that you retire at 65. And let's assume that you've determined that based upon your investment mix and your time horizon, you can take out 5% of your portfolio per year. Well, great. What that means is you need to divide 60,000 by 5% to come up with the asset level or the investment amount that you need to be able to generate 60,000 per year. So if you can take a 5% withdrawal rate, so you take 60,000 per year of expenses, divide that by 5%, what you come up with is a number of $1.2 million. I mean, if you retire at 65 and you have $1.2 million in your portfolio, based upon this analysis, you could create 60,000 per year and you could most likely sustainably do that for the next 30 plus years or so, assuming you take the necessary precautions along the way. Now let's assume that you're doing the same exact analysis, but instead of retiring at age 65, you are retiring at age 45. And let's assume that you determine you can only take a 3% withdrawal rate at that point. Well, now all of a sudden to generate the same exact level of income, so 60,000 per year, just now you're doing it at age 45 instead of age 65, now you would need $2 million to do so. Because you're not dividing 60,000 by 5%, you're dividing 60,000 by 3%. And if you divide it by 3%, you get $2 million. Meaning if you have $2 million in your investments and take 3% of it per year, that comes out to $60,000 of income that you could create for yourself. Now, by the way, that assumes that that's all tax-free. So you would have to factor in taxes too. So depending on whether you're pulling money from an IRA or Roth IRA or a 401k or savings account or investment account, you're going to have different tax rates. So if you wanted to, for example, assume a tax bracket of 20%, saying that whatever income you have coming in from your portfolio will be subject to 20% taxes. What that means for you is that to create $60,000 of net income, you would really need to have $75,000 of gross income coming out. So $75,000 before taxes, take 20% for taxes, and you end up with 60. So really, it's that $75,000 that you would really need to divide by 3%, which in this case would be $2.5 million. So anyways, just wanting to make sure that we understand the right perspective around this. But the earlier you retire, the less you can likely afford to take out of your portfolio as a percentage, meaning the more you'd have to have in your portfolio as kind of the core base amount to generate the same level of income that you could expect to generate, say, if you're retiring at a quote unquote normal age of 65, 66, 67, somewhere in that range. So just to summarize everything, number one, if you want to understand what does it take to retire early, start by asking yourself, why do you want to retire? If you want to retire because you really just want to work a different job, but that job will still provide your basic needs, then you don't really need to do any early retirement planning. You just need to get to a point where you can afford to take that job and have it cover all of your needs. If you do want to actually stop working, then you go through the next steps. Number two, you need to determine your retirement budget. So what lifestyle do you want in retirement? How much will those expenses be by starting with what expenses do you have today that will go away? What new expenses will you have when you retire that you no longer have today? Come up with an accurate budget that's a reflection of the lifestyle you want to live when you are retired. 
Number three, step three, is understand taxes and penalties. So different accounts have different rules for when you can take money out and the penalties that you you will or won't pay based upon that. So understand how that works so you can avoid taking funds out and paying penalties if at all possible. And then step number four, know your withdrawal rates. Understand how much you can afford to take out of your portfolio and still have that portfolio last for the entirety of your retirement. And make sure that you know that number so you don't take it out too much too early and end up having to go back to work later on in your 60s, 70s, or beyond because you took too much out too early. So that is it for today's episode. Thank you as always for listening. If you've not already done so, please subscribe. If you're enjoying the show, please let me know. I'd love it if you could leave a five-star review. It would help more people to find our show. And that is it for today, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.